and welcome to Mavs Daily, presented by the Dallas Morning News, where every day of the week or in the offseason, as you'll find every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday-ish, for at least for a little while, we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend having to do with the Dallas Mavericks. Today, we continue our player season recap extravaganza bonanza festival, and joining me to do so, it's been a while since he's been here, so you might have forgotten all about this guy. But he's still out here, spitting takes, making Mavs content on Locked On Mavs. He is the great Isaac Harris. Isaac, how the heck are you? Man, I'm doing awesome. I'm just waiting for the cold weather to get to Dallas. That's all I want. I want it. I want to be able to wear a sweater, or wear some joggers, something to where I don't have to like walk out my door and sweat every day. So I'm 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 waiting. We're in what September right now. Probably another month until we can really get into the 70s. I guess. Just cold weather, come our way. We had that sneak preview. Oh, that was, was marvelous. Was last week? It was it great. Was week, just yeah. one day, it was like 58 degrees. And I was like, oh my God. I was, you know, I, I've, I've been taking the, the lockdown pretty seriously. So I was just walking out my, or, you know, kind of watching the world outside my window. I felt like a little puppy. I didn't know what to do. I was just so excited. So I was kind of like hopping up and down in one place and, you know, thinking like, oh, I don't know, I want to go out there. But, uh, but yeah, we're almost there. We've almost made it. We've almost made it to the good times. So, Isaac, it's been a minute since you've been on here. And so, uh, for you or for really anybody who uh, maybe hasn't uh, didn't hear the first part of our player recap the other day uh, where Dwayne joined me as we talked about Boban and J.J. Barea, the two vets, uh, we're just kind of looking at every single player one by one. Uh, most guys are going to be two players per episode. There will be some guys who will get their own. But uh, looking back at the season that was, a little bit about their role with the team and then moving on into the future. And so that's going to take us through, by the time we finish player recap season, Isaac, it will be a little cool outside. How about that? So That's true. Uh, that's we, true. We can, yeah, so let's pace ourselves and, and let's be enjoying the outside by the time we're talking about Luca. Uh, so as I said the other day on Mavs Daily uh, with Dwayne, we talked about JJ and Boban two of the most seasoned veterans on the team. Today we we're talking about two of the relative, I would say two of the younger guys. Antonius Cleveland is 26 years old. Josh Reeves is only 23. And so both of those guys are younger than you and me, which officially makes them young, I would say. Uh, we're Of course, they are the two two-way players on the Mavs roster. So uh, Isaac, dealer's choice. Which player do you want to start with first? Start with Cleveland. Antonius Cleveland. Okay. AC. Antonius Cleveland, uh, former Mav and current Mav, Antonius Cleveland. He was with the team in 2017-18, as well as, of course, uh, this season alongside Josh Reeves on a two-way deal. And so AC did get into some games with the Mavs, but of course, uh, as a two-way player, he spent most of his season down in the G League, where in 36 games for the Texas Legends, he averaged 14.5 points, seven rebounds, two assists, uh, one and a half steals per game. Uh, also, 0.9 blocks. So he's definitely stuff in the stat sheet, and uh, you know from his, from his first stint with Dallas, and also with uh, the the limited time we saw him on the floor with Dallas, of course, much more with uh, Texas. Still kind of the same player. Really energetic, very smooth with it. I, I was really impressed with him in summer league, uh, handling the ball, driving the lane, slashing, attacking, things like that. Um, Felt like he he really kind of like improved his offensive game, especially his polish, just overall from the last time he was with Dallas. But 
what did what did you think from from what you saw from AC, whether it was in the bubble or in summer league uh, or with the legends, wh- wherever you want to take it? Yeah, man. Even going back to his first stint, like you said, in what 2017, 18, I really liked him back then. I thought he was a good player. And, you know, he had the injury to his foot. I, I forgot exactly what the injury was. I want to say his heel or something. And it put him out the rest of the year. He had to have surgery on it. I remember there was, you know, stories written and stuff that Dallas, you know, took care of him. The Mavericks did. And they, you know, kept him there, rehab, did the surgery, all this stuff. And, but they eventually had to part ways with him. Then he went to, I think it was Atlanta after that, played a little bit for, uh, I think, Golden State's G League team, Santa Cruz Warriors. And, you know, he played pretty well with them, and Dallas brought him back for this two-way. So Dallas was already familiar with him when they brought him back for the two-way spot. But I just like that, one, they used, for both the guys, really him and Reeves, they used both the spots on two wings for the most part. Instead of going a big route or a point guard route, which they went last year with, with Macon and Kostas, but this year they focused on, hey, we want to bring in defensive athletic wings. And Josh Reeves and Tony's Cleveland for Cleveland, somebody already kind of knows the system, you know, with with the Mavericks stuff. I I honestly liked his minutes. He didn't get a ton of minutes in the bubble, but he did log minutes in. I mean, technically he logged one second against Houston, but if you take that away, he played in four of the eight bubble regular season games for Dallas, and he had like spurts there for a bit that. I thought he actually played pretty well in the course. Super athletic, super springy. He, went, I remember there was one uh, missed dunk that he went up for. And you're like, whoa! Like, I mean, for a Dallas team, we don't really have a ton of high flyers. We don't have a roster full of Derrick Jones Jr. So, almost did though. But with with Cleveland, he he does bring athleticism to the lineup. He is six four. I thought he looked good for the limited role that he had. He just didn't have a, a huge role on the team, and that's just kind of what the two way spot is. But I liked what we saw from him this year, and I think it's warranted a a spot, whether it's another two-way spot or an actual end-of-the-roster spot. I think he should be back next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 2020. You can never get enough wings, just period. No matter matter, what what level they play at, uh, if you're going to give, especially the two-way deals, which just kind of by their nature are, I don't want to say risk-free because that's almost like insulting, but – um, they don't really they don't count against your salary cap and all that stuff and so it's it's a it's a it's a free shot at somebody you know and there have been some success stories throughout the league of two-way guys coming in and earning you know full deals look um, at Dem- look at Denver by the way you mentioned that out but you look at Denver who's playing in a game seven this is coming out on a Wednesday last night was game seven of Denver uh, and Los Angeles Clippers Denver has Torrey Craig and Monty Morris who both start up as two-way guys for their team Bigger roles for for a Nuggets team that is is you know progressing further into playoffs, and I think it, it shows a glimpse too that the two way spots for the Mavericks over the past few years that were maybe non I don't want to say non competitive non playoff team Mavericks over the past you know four or five years you know is this like hey let's just throw some darts in there we'll, let's just see we're you know we're a thirty win team forty win team something like that but. Once you start allocating your cap space to some of these bigger contracts, you look at Denver when they have like a Jokic and a Murray and Gary Harris or whatever, and the Mavericks, you know, with KP, Luka at some point, you know, it's going to get the max extension. And if they, what, however they want to spend their money, then those spots, those two-way spots could come into play, have a little bit more importance because then it's like, hey, you have to fill out your roster with some guys that, you know, towards the end of your roster that you're not going to have enough, a, a ton of cap space for. So, I think that's where some of these two-way spots you're seeing with Denver, how they kind of 
I don't want to say, I guess you can say they hit the home run because Torrey Craig and Monty Morris are playing like big minutes for him. I think Alex Caruso, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was a two-way guy at one spot. I mean, so these are some guys playing some big minutes for some teams that are still alive late in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and all of those teams are in the playoffs, including Dallas, of course, which means you're not really looking for kind of like you said, like the project players, quote unquote, you know, uh, like developmental guys and, and all that stuff. I mean, you're looking for players who can contribute right away and the ultimate kind of example of a player who can contribute right away is a wing because especially if he can defend because you can just put them on the floor and they will give you something and and Cleveland to his credit uh, as you mentioned he didn't really play uh, you know many minutes or many games in the bubble or in the regular season before the hiatus began but whenever he was on the floor you kind of knew you know he was making nice cuts he was moving off the ball he was playing defense he was running the floor uh, he did have a couple near posters and he had one play it might have been – I forget who was against – it might have even been in the scrimmage. I think it might have been in the scrimmage against the Lakers where uh, he was in the corner, spotted up, attacked the closeout, and kind of like si – it was the Lakers because I think he finished over LeBron. Sort of like sidestep Danny Green about. and finished over LeBron. I mean, just a really, really nice, smooth play. And um, so, I mean, he was giving you something whenever he was on the floor, which I think is, is really important because, I mean, look, Rick is a pretty demanding coach. Uh, I think that's, that's pretty obvious. And you have to have an NBA skill and you also have to – give effort and you have to make your impact felt because you're only going to get five, 10 minutes while you're out there. If, if you're one of these end of the bench guys and you've got to do the, you got to do the whole stay ready thing. And uh, yeah. it feels like AC was able to do that. And now I think one thing, if, if you're, if you're looking toward the future, you know, he's 26. So he's not like the youngest guy ever, but um, I, I still feel like he has a lot of room to grow room to develop as a player. Um, namely from the three-point line so I, this season with Texas he was what below 30 percent he was 29.5 percent from three which by his standards was worse than normal he's he's normally a uh, above 30 and in fact uh with Santa Cruz I'm just perusing in 2017-18 uh, or 2018-19 excuse me he was 36 percent from three and the year before that he only played seven games but he was 50 percent so obviously you know small sample size but if you can get closer to 36% than you are to 29%, then you're definitely an NBA caliber player. Uh, if you can provide kind of the defense and energy that he does basically every time you put him in a game. Yeah, that that's the key for him. If he wants to be more than the two way spot that comes in at the end of the games, that's, you know, that's his next spot for improvement The you know, he only attempted two, two, three in the four, four out of eight bubble game, regular season bubble games that he did play in Orlando. He, he only attempted two threes in the game. Didn't hit either one. Like you said, he shot 29% uh, up in Frisco, 36 games with the legends. So that's his next spot that he has to be able to knock down an open three, especially in this system to where it, when they have when we have guys like Luca handling the ball so much, if you're going to throw somebody out like Cleveland, some of these spot minutes and these different, you know, these second units or mixing and matching some of these rotations, and he's going to go out there and play for you know four to six minutes, something like that. He's got to be able to hit the open three, and that that's the next step of his game. Yeah, it feels like we can say that about so many players, though, man. The three oh, a point thousand shot players, is, yes. You know, I, I don't want to sound like whatever too cliche or anything, but I mean, it really is. It's such a huge part of the game. You know, you, you gotta, you just gotta be able to knock, the, knock down those shots. We were saying the same thing. We didn't have Mavs Daily a year ago or a year and a half ago, but we were saying the same thing about Dorian Finney-Smith, yeah, uh, not too long ago. You know, the same exact thing. Can he develop that consistent shot? If he can, then he's definitely an NBA player. And if he can't, then, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be tough. But he obviously had a great season. So, 
Uh, all right. Any any final words about AC? I w- we usually have a segment where we talk about like future contract uh, sort of evaluation and everything like that. But this uh, the the two way guys I think by default have a two year deal or like one and one uh, where the second is an option. But I'm not totally sure on that, and and that type of stuff isn't really reported. So. Let's let's shy away from that in this episode. But just generally, any final words on AC before we uh, before we move on to Reeves? Yeah, and even if they are under contract, I mean, we see teams swap out two way guys all the time. So even if he is under contract, they could you know they could go a different direction with that two way spot. But they did keep Cleveland and Reeves all year long. Like they never switched out. Mavericks never switched out two way guys. That was their two guys, similar to last year with Macon and Costas. But I think it was the year before that's when they swapped them out a little bit when they had like Kyle Collinsworth. Um, who's somebody else in that spot they had last year? Maybe I think they had Clavel in there John, maybe for a little John while. Clavel, Motley, PJ Dozier. Before, ooh, maybe PJ Dozier, or he could have been a camp guy. I know he's at least a camp guy. Jonathan Motley was a two-way guy for a bit until yeah. they traded him to the Clippers for sure. And they but, traded him as a two-way player. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but no, I, I love AC. I think I think he showed enough to where if they are. I'm just all I'm all down for wings in the two way spots. And if we can have athletic wings who are pretty good at defense that hey, let's just focus on the shot. He already knows the system. I'm all about AC being back next year. Yeah, for sure. And and he definitely proved, man. I mean, in in the time that he's spent in the in the G League, between the G League and Summer League and, you know, preseason whenever he's gotten in games, he's definitely shown that he he belongs on an NBA floor. You know, he yeah. you're not looking at it out there and be like, Who is this guy? You know, like he he definitely belongs. So uh, we'll see what the future holds for AC, and, and I like the guy, too. He seems like a really nice guy. So, From our local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered, and it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. As soon as the podcast is over, head to dallasnews.com sports to see what Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the DMN gang has for you there. Moving on to Josh Reeves, uh, the first-year player out of Penn State. I believe two-time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year while he was in college, went undrafted uh, last summer. Dallas scooped him up. It was reported basically the night of the draft. He was one of those like pick 61 guys or whatever, however you want to put it. Um, added him as a two-way player right away. Uh, in 37 games with the Legends, this season he averaged 13.7 points, five rebounds, 2.9 assists, two steals. Uh, he shot 43% from the field, 33% from the uh, three-point line, and 69.8% from the free throw line and so the offensive side of the things is still kind of developing for him and that was sort of his evaluation coming out of college not only is he I, th- I think he was a four-year player and so that's always going to be a knock against guys um in the modern NBA you know if you're not like 19 and you're like an old geezer you're like Jalen Brunson you're going to fall to the second round somehow but um you know kind of the the offensive side of things was sort of his room for growth but he did show and then the bubble too you know he didn't spend as much time with the Mavs as as Cleveland did but in the bubble, he did make some plays off the off the dribble uh, in summer league as well. You know, he he runs pick and roll. He's kind of a playmaking wing. Obviously, not at the level as like Luca, for example, uh, but he can make things happen with the ball in his hands. He's athletic. He's long. He's really, really, uh, you know, sound defensively. And we saw whenever Dallas came back and thumped Utah in the bubble uh, right before right before the playoffs began, 
pretty good moving off the ball too. You know, hooked up with JJ a couple times on those backdoor cuts and everything. So uh, he can make things happen. Ran the floor out a nice dunk in one of those games too. So uh, I, I don't know. I guess I, I don't want to steal all your Josh Reeves content. So I, I'll <laughs> hand it over to you. No, I mean Reeves. Reeves reminds me of like a running back or something. He. You just like put him in, and say, "Hey, let's go, go play defense." And the dude is has like nonstop energy. I love it. I love watching him in summer league. You know, he played in, like you say, he played in two bubble, uh, bubble games, uh, regular season games. Played in that Phoenix game. Played in the Utah game. Both of those games, he played in 13 minutes, and he he did have a positive plus minus in both of those games. Um, yeah, I, I feel like Reeves. Yeah, I feel like Reeves is almost a lock to come back. Just. Just because as he does bring that, like you say, he won defense player of the year in 2018-19 in Big Ten. He's a four-year college guy, and, you know, Dallas just drafted Jalen Brunson. We know how much they love Brunson and everything with that. It's like, hey, they, they like these guys who put in the time in college, and Reeves did that at Penn State, won defensive player of the year. That's what he's known for. And, you know, I think in Frisco he shot, uh, what, 33% from three uh, up there. And it, it kind of the same – the same vein is like Cleveland athletic defender. I would say Reeves is a little bit better defender. Probably um, I'd say Cleveland's probably a little bit better with the ball, but Reeves is a little bit better shooter, but for both of them, they just got to be able to knock down a consistent three all the time. And that would be for, for both of the guys. It feels like saying the same thing for Reeves and Cleveland. But when, when both your two way guys are athletic defending six, four, six, five wings, then here you go. We're focusing on the three-point shot. Now, I think just as Cleveland, that's the key for him this summer. Or this yeah. I, this summer, this offseason. I, I keep on saying this summer every single time. It's still summer for about, what, another like week or something? And then the fall. So he better – Antonio's Cleveland better turn into a 40% three-point shooter this summer, right now. <laughs> you have one week. Let's go. Uh, so Reeves, yeah, like you said, he shot 33% from three uh, with the Legends, but he finished his last 10 games for what that's worth – he shot 40% in those games, 45.5% in his last five games. And he did take a lot more threes than Cleveland. Uh, for the season with the Legends, he averaged almost six attempts per game. So that's good. I mean, at least he's willing to step into those shots and take them. Uh, next part is just obviously knocking them down. But like Marcus, huge... Smart, Marcus Smart is the guy Josh Reeves has to watch all of his tape on. Because yeah, when, oh, when absolutely. You, that's, a really to, good, that's a really good When comp. you try to think of like guys in the league that are 6'4", but they're not like ISO guys that focus on defense, but you got to be able to hit the three, two and be trusted. And if I'm Reeves, it's just Marcus smart, Eastern conference finals. This is all I'm watching right now. Not saying he's going to be Marcus smart. We love Marcus smart. It's just, that's the, that's the type of player in that role, that position that if Reeves hits his max, max potential in the league, that's what he should, he should be shooting for right now. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. And now Marcus Smart is like a rare case of a guy just totally kind of transforming his game because he has become a really good shooter. But um, Reeves is kind of similarly built. You know, Marcus Smart, I don't know how tall he is, maybe 6'3 or something. I guess it depends on uh, whether he's wearing shoes or not. But Reeves is 6'4", 6'5", 6'7", wingspan. He's kind of thick, uh, maybe not as like burly as Marcus Smart is, but he certainly has a little bit of meat on his bones, which allows him, I think, to maybe defend some some bigger guys. Uh, I don't know if he can defend somebody like Giannis, for example, who's almost seven feet tall, but he can defend some bigger wings, uh, defend up a position like Smart or even up two positions, depending on where he fits in the lineup. And I think, most importantly, he's still quick enough 
to potentially guard some point guards. And if you do want to, if you project as a defender, like an NBA level defender, if that's going to be your specialty, then you have to be as versatile as possible because there are a lot of guys in the league who can play defense, but there are not as many players who can defend everybody. And uh, if Reeves can develop into one of those kinds of guys, then that really sort of frees up his spot in the lineup because you can play him as the quote unquote one if you're a team that has like Luca or James Harden, whatever, like, you know, like these bigger ball handlers, Reeves can go out there and defend your point guards. He can switch and guard bigger guys too. So uh, I agree. The Marcus Smart thing is that's a, that's a really, that's a really kind of smart uh, <laughs> pun. I did not even mean to do that. Uh, a very, very, sm- <laughs> a very smart comp <laughs> or, or I guess goal. I don't know. Not a, not a comp, maybe target. How, how do we want to phrase this? Yeah. I don't even want to say comp. Uh, I, somebody will pull that out of context or something like Josh Reeves. Uh, yeah, we'll just say like, like, like a goal, you know, a realistic type of player role goal type of that's his thing. It's like Josh Reeves shouldn't be looking at Steph Curry tape right now. That's not, that's not his thing. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Marcus. Although Smart I mean, adding the, sh- adding the shot would be good. Adding the shot would that's be good. True, but yeah. yeah. Most, most importantly, it's, you know, you always know when Marcus Smart is in the game. Always. Yeah. I mean, he, he is ultimate make his impact felt guy. And that, for the first, what, four or five years of his career, helped him overcome kind of the lack of shooting. But now that he's developed the shot, it's like, I mean, oh, my God. Like, there's a reason the Celtics are maybe about to go to the finals. And it's yeah. it's because of guys like Marcus Smart. Um, okay. Well, yeah, that was good. That was good. Good old Josh Reeves. Uh, any other uh, whatever parting shots, parting yeah. takes about Josh Reeves? Same, same as Cleveland. I don't really know about his contract or anything like that. I guess it's just one of those things where we'll know whenever – if something happens. Yeah. No, I, I think it's the same type of thing we're saying about Cleveland. It's like, Hey, I, I think they did enough to show that they could, you know, earn another spot next year uh, or at least a camp invite and say, Hey, let's fight it out for one of these two way spots and go from there. And I mean, what if he comes to camp next year and is just knocked down, knocking down three pointers left and right and all this stuff. So uh, it's not like these two way guys did anything to hurt their value. It's a matter of, Hey, wh- how can they help their value this summer and come in with a better or this off season and come in with a better three point shot. I think the, the bigger thing going forward is what we talked about a little earlier of with this Mavericks team that have, that are taking the steps as an organization and a team again to get back to being in the top four of the Western Conference. I think now moving forward, we'll see a bigger emphasis on this two-way spot of, I don't know if it's dart throws anymore. It could be guys, I was I was looking, I was thinking about the other teams left in the playoffs and Duncan Robinson, I think he, I think he was a two-way guy that they hired, that they hired. Well, I guess technically hired, but they signed as a two-way guy originally, then converted it and all this stuff. I mean, now I mean, the, Kendrick Nunn may have two. I know they they plucked have, him out yeah. of the G League. He played at Santa Cruz, I think, with Antonius Cleveland last season. So you you look at these good teams that are still left. I mean, that's three out of the four teams. I don't I don't have Boston's roster in front of me. I know Taco's a two-way guy, but it's like. These are some key guys in like rotation spots. And I'm not saying that you should just bank on the two-way spot for a key rotation spot, but it's, there is, that's such a unique, I loved when they brought, introduced the two-way spot to the rosters. Cause I just love the court, like the, the combination of G league and how they can work together and all this different stuff. And I just think moving forward, we could see Dallas really target specific players for this two-way spot. Guys that maybe be a little bit more ready, maybe maybe some older guys. I don't know, but I think it can be guys like Reeves in Cleveland that if you suffer a few injuries, these guys can be ready to step in and actually play a role. Yeah, and most importantly, and this relates to not just the two-way spots, but the entire roster. 
their plan is crystallized at this point. It is if you want to be on the Mavericks, no matter whether you're the first player in the starting lineup or the 17th guy off the bench, you have to be able to play with Luka. And guys like Reeves and Cleveland, especially if they can develop the three-point shot, can because they can defend multiple spots, guards forwards, uh, to help give Luka kind of a break. Uh, And they have the athleticism, and they can run the floor, and they can make things happen with the ball. Both of them can. So if they can just kind of keep fine-tuning and keep polishing and everything, then they can really, I think, uh, they can become valuable pieces of this thing. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, All right, Isaac. Any any last words about anything in general? Do you have any do you have any final Bobon takes? You didn't get to be a part of that. I know you're you're as big a Bobon fan as anyone. Oh my gosh, I love Bobon. I love that he's part of this team, and uh, I love seeing the friendship that him and Luca developed over this past year and just built on and everything. So I'm excited for, and we have plenty of reasons to be excited as Mavs fans moving forward. But Bobon is definitely one of the one of the big reasons next year to see Bobon back in the Mavs jersey. Yep. Absolutely. Oh my God. So wholesome. So great. I love Boban too. And Josh Reeves and Antonius Cleveland. How about that? Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Isaac. I appreciate it. And we will be back with you today is Wednesday, of course, so which means we will be back with you for more Mavs daily on Friday. And you never know who we're going to talk about next. And so make sure you tune in or download, uh, leave a five-star review, of course, if you do, or at least four-star. Uh, I don't want to be too particular. Uh, but share your, share it with your friends. Share it with your Penn State fans in your life. Uh, Antonio's Cleveland went to Southeast Missouri State, so definitely send it up there to the – are they the Hawks? Ooh, I don't know. I have no they're, clue. They're, they're, the, uh, they're like the How Red Hawks. How do you know this mascot? How do you know this? Hang There's on. no way. If it's the Hawks, I quit. We're hanging up right now. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, they're the Red Hawks. Yes, I got it right. Kind of. I knew it. I knew it. That. Oh my God. So uh, NCAA football 2008 is how I became familiar with Southeast Missouri State. So shout out to EA Sports. Uh, okay. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining me, Isaac. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we will see you next time on Mavs Daily.